The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Hallelujah. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Um, Say happy Thanksgiving to your neighbor. Happy May Thanksgiving to your neighbor to the left and and to the right. Um, So today we are looking at um, here I am. Here I am. It is a contemplation that it's big on my heart. As in, I'm trusting God today that God himself will open your eyes and you will see and respond to God's word appropriately in the name of Jesus. Here I am. Here I am means I am available. You know, when, when we say to God and when you say to someone, here I am, it's, it's like I'm available. I'm here. I'm here for you. Use me. Send me. Engage me. Now, now, what happens when we say to God, here I am? What happens? When we say to God, here I am, what happens? What happens? You see, when we were growing up, you know, we used to play soccer and um, football, if you will. And we, we, there's something we call set. We used to play set, you know. <laughs> and set is sweet because if, if one is set, if they score you, you go out. Your, your team goes out, another team comes in. So it's usually very engaging. Now, imagine you are, you have, you've just come in. Your set just came in, you know. And the set is, you know, you don't want to go out again. You know, it's, it's very sweet. And at that point, at that point, is mostly usually at that point, <laughs> your mom says, Femi, or your grandmother says, Femi, or someone, your dad calls you, or someone calls you. How do you feel? How do you feel? They just pass the ball to you. You, you have a plan. You know what to do. And they called you, Femi. <laughs> That's what they used to call me. How? How? What do you do? Do you say, here I am? Or many times I pretend I didn't hear the call. <laughs> I just pretend. Because this game is sweet. It's going down, you know? And so I just pretend I didn't hear the call. And sometimes if they need to come out, the next thing you will hear is pua at the back of your head. Anyway, the rest is history. <laughs> the point is this. At that time, I wasn't available. Or as far as I was concerned, I wasn't available. As far as my mother was concerned, I am always available. <laughs> Anytime she calls me, I have to respond. And those of us that are parents, we are like that to our children. As, as far as we are concerned, they are always available. But we forget that they also have their own plans and they also have their own thoughts. So at the time, I am not available. Now, many times when God calls us, God calls you like that, and, and you are engrossed in the set that you are playing. And you are reluctant to say, here I am. I'm available. I am available. Or, or in my case, many times, when I eventually grudgingly go to heed the call, and, you know, and I'm, I'm maybe I'm, I'm in the kitchen, or, okay, um, I say, yes, mommy, um, I'm here, you know. And... Even though I say, here I am, in my heart, I am still not available. I'm still unavailable because the only thing on my mind is how to get back (laughs) to play my set. And many times with God, that's how we are. That's how we are. But we need to get to the place where where we are saying to God, I'm available. I'm available to hear God. I'm available to serve God. I'm available to go for God. I'm available to be used of God. I'm not just available. I am willing. I am willing. So many times, like I said, I'm available, but I'm not willing. I'm not willing. But God wants us to be available and willing. And sometimes we are available. We are willing, but 
when God calls us, but sometimes we're just afraid. We don't know what to expect. We're afraid. I mean, how will my life go from here? What will happen to me? What will happen to me? We're afraid. Sometimes we are available and willing, but we are doubtful. We are doubtful. We are not sure. Sometimes we are available and willing, and we are confused. And we are confused. However, we say to God, Lord, I'm available, I'm willing, here I am, but I'm confused. That's honest. God can deal with that. And I believe you are here today because you want to hear God. And you will hear God clearly in the name of Jesus. So what happens when you stand and say to God, here I am, I'm available, and I am willing. I'm afraid, but I am willing. I am doubtful, but I'm available. I am confused, but I am available. God, if you can use anyone, you can use me. What happens? We're going to look at the, the, the life of eight people in scriptures that said, here I am. Eight people that said, here I am. And what happened to them? What do we expect? We can look at their lives and actually see what to expect when we say to God, here I am, here I am, I'm available. Though doubtful, though confused, though afraid, but I'm available and I am willing. If you can work with me, if you can help me, use your boy. Eight people, eight things. The first thing that happens is that I face the fear I never thought I could face. This is huge. This is big. When I say to God, I am available. Here I am. I face the fear I never thought I could face. And we see that in the life of Jacob. Jacob had to confront the fear that he never thought he could face. He never thought he could face. He had to confront himself. He had to confront himself. He had to confront his brother. He had to confront Egypt at some point. The fear that you never thought you could face, when you release yourself to God, by the power of God, you will face that fear and you will overcome. Genesis chapter 46, Genesis 46, 2 to 4. Genesis 46, 2 to 4. And the, the word of God says, and God spoke to Israel in a vision. Now, he has become Israel. Now, that, 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 that's big, that's big. And God spoke to Israel in a vision at night and said, Jacob, Jacob. You see, you know, I don't want to even get to the dynamics of that. But let's go on. Here I am. You see that? Here I am. He replied. And God said, I am God, the God of your father. He said, do not be afraid to go down to Egypt, for I will make you into a great nation there. Hallelujah. I will go down to Egypt with you and will surely bring you back again. Every time you align with God and you face your fear, you are on your path to becoming a great nation. Whew. Every time. You align with God. That thing that you are afraid of the most and God is pushing, is prodding you in that direction and you face that fear, you are on your way to becoming the greatest version of you. See, but the challenge is that we have too many Jacobs but not enough Israel. And until you face the fear that you never thought you could face, until you confront yourself. He says, well, what's your name? He had to face himself. He says, my name is Jacob. He says, yeah, you have said the truth. You have confronted yourself. The fear of yourself, the fear of your limitations, the fear of your inadequacies, the fear of, of being a trickster. Now, you're ready for what God has for you. So a lot are not even honest about who they are. A lot of people are not honest about who they are. Who are you? He says, I am, I'm, I'm, I'm a trickster. I'm, I'm 419. That's what Jacob said. I'm a supplanter. Be honest. That, that, that's the basic. That's the basic. However, sometimes it's easier to be honest about who you are and actually tougher. 
to be honest about who God wants you to be. Hmm. This is big. You know, sometimes it's easier to be honest about who you are than to be honest about who God wants you to be. Many times people are like, oh, I'm just a sinner. That's okay. But God has a greater plan for you. And that is you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now, you, you need to embrace that. Many times we are more comfortable. or you know, That is even when we have accepted who we are. Right? But I'm saying you need to go beyond that and accept who God wants you to be. So, so it's easy to say, this is just who I am. But it's tougher to say, this is who I am, but this is who God wants me to be, and that is who I will be. I am going to align with God. So, on one hand, not being honest, you need to be honest. So, while you're honest with who you are, that's fine, that's progress. However, you need to be honest and accept who God wants you to be. It's okay to admit that you messed up, but it's greater to admit that Christ died for you. And because of his righteousness, you can be cleansed and be removed from your mess. It's not okay to stay in the mess. So it's okay not to be okay. But it's not okay to remain that way. It's okay to mess up. I mean, we all do. If you are human, you are going to make mistakes. Fine. Big deal. Guess what? Water under the bridge. Get up. Don't stay there. Embrace what God has called you to be. If you say to God, here I am. I'm showing up. If you are serious about serving God, guess what? God is going to bring you face to face with some of your greatest fears. And when he does that, they open the door for some of your greatest blessings. I will make you a great nation. And I will go personally with you and bring you up again. Huge, huge, huge. So, what happens when I stand and say, God, here I am. I'm available. What happens? Number one, I face the fear I never thought I could face. Number two, I trust the promise. Oh, this is sweet. I never thought I would trust when I said to God, here I am. Here I am. I'm available. I'm willing. I could be afraid. I could be doubtful. I could be confused. But I'm available. I'm willing. What happens? Number two, I trust the promise. I never thought I would trust. And, and, and we're going to look at Mary here. Mary, classic example. Luke chapter 1, verse 35, 37 to 38. Luke 1, 35, then 37 to 38. It says, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God, the Son of the Highest. For nothing, everybody say nothing, is impossible with God. Nothing is, is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant. Ooh, you know, what, what Mary was saying there is that, here I am. Here I am. I'm available. I'm the Lord's servant. Mary answered, may it be unto me, as you have said. When God plays a call upon your life, when God places a demand upon your resources, when God places a demand upon your talent, upon your treasure, upon your time, I pray you'll be able to say, and I pray you consistently say, I'm the Lord's servant. May it be unto me as you have said. That's, that's beautiful. That's completely and totally beautiful. So, the promise that Mary was trusting here. Now, it's the promise of a virgin birth. It's the promise of a virgin birth. How does that even make sense? It doesn't make sense. Virgin birth. Virgin birth. Those two words don't go together. Those two words don't go together. Many of us have uh, <laughs> teenage <laughs> or daughters, you know. We have daughters. 
you know, and my daughter is almost a teenager, you know, let's say, you know, <laughs> and, she, and you know, and she, you know, virgin and birth don't go together. Don't go together. Your daughter comes home and say, and says to you, Dad, I'm pregnant. <laughs> like what? You know? So, so, what, so tell me, what, 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 what do you mean? And he says, it's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came. <laughs> ah, what would you do now? It, 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 it sounds ridiculous. Why? Because those two things don't go together. Now, the only way they can fit together is, in, is this. Nothing is impossible with God. That's the only way virgin and birth can fit together. So how, how does virgin lead to birth? How does being a virgin, how can, how can being a virgin lead to birth? So mathematical, mathematical mind, you could say virgin plus with God nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible with God equals birth. <laughs> so virgin plus nothing is impossible with God equals birth. That's the only way those two can be in the same equation. Let's bring this home. There are things that you know to be true about yourself. You know to be true about yourself. You know, we, we started with, uh, you know, unto yourself be true in essence, Jacob. And you look at the promise that God has for you, what God has said concerning you, and you say there is no way, there is no way that promise could be real in my life. Except, except nothing is impossible with God. <laughs> Hallelujah. So you look at yourself, for instance, and say, let's break it out. I say, oh, pastor, I'm a cynic. And that's, that's just... How I am. I'm a cynic. I cannot be a person of faith. I cannot be a Christian. I cannot even be a good Christian because I am a cynic. But guess what? Cynic plus nothing is impossible with God equals faith. <laughs> I've seen cynics. I've seen cynics that are people of faith today because what? Nothing is impossible with God. If you will cooperate with God, if you will say to God, here I am. I am doubtful. I am cynical. But I am available. You'll be surprised at what God will do with your life. And you're like, but pastor, I know what is true about myself. I know that I am ignored. Everybody ignores me. How can, how can this life be great? How can my life be great? At home, you're saying you are ignored. At work, you're saying you are ignored. That is how it has been. A new person will come. They will pass you over. They will choose the other person. That is how it has been. How can I be important? How can I ever be great? How can I ever be important? But guess what? While ignored and important do not coexist in the same equation. Cannot. Except you add something to it. So, ignored plus, you know what you add, nothing is impossible with God equals what? Boom! Important. Ignored plus nothing is impossible with God equals important. Even if they do an election in your family, you know you will not win. <laughs> but with God on your side, Hallelujah. With God in your equation. With God on your table. With God on your side of the equation. Boom. You become important. Listen. All you need to say to God is, Here I am. I don't know how you are going to do this. I don't understand it. But I am available. I am available. Or you could say, Oh, but pastor, I, what I know that is true about myself is that I am sinful. I am sinful. I do this, I do that, I do this, I do that. How can I be holy? How can I be holy? How can I be acceptable with God? Because without holiness, no one can see God. 
Yeah. But guess what? While sinful and holy do not coexist in the same equation, if you take sinful and you add nothing is impossible with God, you will get what? Holy. Boom. Sinful plus nothing is impossible with God. Holy. So all you need to do is say to God, here I am. I did that for my life. 1995. Oof, here I am. I'm available. Yes, Pastor. If I'm to be honest, what is true about, about you, you say, is, is failure. You say, Pastor, you know, failure is true about you. Failure and significance don't coexist. Failure and greatness don't coexist. But guess what? Guess what? Here's the good news. Here's the good news. Failure plus, I can't hear you. Failure plus, nothing is impossible with God equals eternal significance. Hallelujah. God has said, I will make you an eternal excellency, a joy to many generations. Hallelujah. You will become an eternal excellency, a joy to many generations. All you need to say is, God, here I am. Here I am. Are you going to say that today? Are you going to say, here I am today? Are you going to turn that life over to your maker. So what happens? What happens? When you stand and you say to God, here I am, I'm available. Number one, I face the fear I never thought I could face. Number two, I trust the promise I never thought I could trust. And number three is this. I see the miracles I never thought I could see. It's huge. Moses, classic example. Moses. Exodus chapter 3, verse 4. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him, to Moses, within the bush. Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. There you go. Here I am. I'm available. Here I am. Your boy is here. Here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. <laughs> you see, and Moses had a lot of questions. Moses had a lot of questions. It's okay to have questions. You can say, here I am, but I have questions. Here I am, I'm available, but I don't understand this. I'm available. You know, Moses, Moses had questions. Moses who am I? He asked the question, who am I? He asked the question, he asked a asked for me question. Number one, who am I? Number two, who are you? Who are you? If they asked me, who sent you? Who would I say? Who are you? Then Moses was concerned about them, about people. What will people say? <laughs> what about them? And God did not slap him. Or God did not say, shut up. God did not say, I'm sending you, you're worried about people. God told him and addressed it. And number four, Moses said, what about that? What about this? What about this stammering? This impediment, speech impediment? What about the fact that I cannot even talk? I'm a, I cannot, public speaking is not my thing. <sighs> God is amazing. And God answered all his questions. See, your doubts is the very reason you should engage God. Doubt is not a problem by itself. Your doubt is the very reason you should engage God. So the question is this. What if Moses had walked away from the bush? You know, the bush was stationary. The bush was not going to chase Moses. The bush was there, immobile. But Moses was the one that was walking by. What if Moses had walked away from that bush, the, 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 the truth is this, he would have missed the miracles that he, he should have seen in his life. He would have missed the miracle of turning, bringing water out of the rock. The miracle of turning Nile into 
red blood, the miracle of, of parting the Red Sea by just raising his rod, the miracle <laughs> of manna, the miracle of the pillar of fire by, by night, pillar of cloud by day. He would have missed the miracle of the Ten Commandments, seeing God's finger writing. He would have seen the, missed the miracle of delivering a whole nation. He would have missed miracles upon miracles upon miracles. But simply because he showed up, simply because he said, here I am, he began to see all these miracles of God. Now, the tough question for me in this, and the tough question for you, the, the tough question for us is this. What miracles might you be missing because you are where you want to be and not where God wants you to be? Because where I want to be is where I'm in control. But that's not where the miracles happen. Where I want to be is where I'm in charge. Is where I'm, I, 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 everything is under my control. But that's not where the miracles happen. Miracles happen where outside of your comfort zone. Outside of your control. You are not in control. God is in control. That's where miracles happen. You know, and GWDIA fast is starting tomorrow. Hallelujah. We are, we, are, we are starting to fast tomorrow. And, you know, I'm, I'm totally excited at all that God is doing. But guess what? What did we do? What this fast will do is to take you outside of your comfort zone. Plug in. Trust God. Spirit move me when my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters. And let God's current carry you. Lose control of your appetite so you can take control of your destiny. God wants you to engage. So miracles happen outside of your comfort zone. When and where God wants me to be, all of a sudden, boom, my life opens up in ways I couldn't imagine. When I am where God wants me to be, heavens open. Heavens over you will remain open. Hallelujah. I see miracles I never thought I would see. Where I say to God, here I am, send me. You know, years ago, I've shared, shared this story before. Years ago, when I finished from school, I finished from college, from university in 1996, <laughs> a long time ago, you know, and I was posted to serve in the North. Now, while I was posted to serve in the North, mostly what we were doing was preaching the gospel, <laughs> you know, because there were no computers in the North. I studied computer science. Okay, I was teaching maths in, in the secondary schools and stuff, but mostly preaching the gospel. Now, I was worried. I was worried because my mates in Lagos were getting the juicy jobs. People as youth couples were buying cars, you know. <laughs> you know. And, you know, after service, you know, people were traveling abroad, getting jobs abroad because, you know, programmers were scarce. You know, they are still scarce. Good ones. And while serving, I, I was really bothered. I knew that was where God wants me to be. Now, God has said to me, he, he said to me, the progress you will make in this one year will be equivalent to, he told me the number of years. Wow, I'm, so I was blown away, I was making that progress and, and all that, but I was, conf I was concerned. I was like, I was confused. I was actually angry at some point. Why am I in this wilderness when people are just making stuff happen? And I can't ever forget, God said to me, Femi, you are concerned that you'll be a byword. He says that, he said to me that, if you become a curse, let that curse be on me. That settled it for me. That was the day I 
just plunged in 100%. I was like, what? God said to me, he didn't, he didn't send a prophet to me. He didn't, say, he didn't send someone to me. That would have been good, but he did it. He didn't send a, a man of God to me. He told me himself. He says, you are afraid that you become a byword. He says, if you, be, if you ever become a byword, it's on me. God says, then I have become a byword. When you do what God has called you to do and you are available to God, you can never be a byword. In fact, you will be the joy of many generations. Fast forward. How many years from, from that was 97? 97, 98, 97. Fast forward. Today, I got a call from the Guardian newspaper. I mean, it's just amazing. You know, Unilag, my alarm matter, is turning 60. <laughs> and they were choosing 60, they had this program, 60 um, graduates of Unilag um, in 60 years that are exceptional and on and on and on and on and on and on. Now, there are about, let's say, between 500 and 600,000 graduates that have passed through Unilag. They chose 60, and my name was on it. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. How is that even possible? I remember God saying to me, if you become a biologist, <laughs> I was like, how? When I got the call, I said, they want an interview. I was in Dallas. I said, I'm not in Lagos. I'm sorry. They said, yeah, yeah, they will do a Zoom interview. So we did a Zoom interview, and it was published some weeks ago. 60 outstanding Unilag graduates in 60 years out of about 600,000. That's 0.01% if my math serves me right. What is God calling you to do? God is saying to you, when you do it, you will see miracles that you never knew existed. Hallelujah. <laughs> so when I say, here I am to God. I am available. Number four, this is big. They are all big. It's huge. I mean, and, and I hear the message I never thought I would hear. A message I never thought I would hear. And we look at Samuel. Samuel was a little boy serving under Eli. And at a point in 1 Samuel 3, the word of God says, then the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel answered, here I am. You see that? Here I am. I'm available. Here I am. However, Samuel ran to Eli. And Eli said, I didn't call you. Samuel went back to sleep. He heard the voice again. He said, here I am. Here I am. I'm willing. I'm available. I'm confused. Though, I ran to Eli. And Eli said, I didn't call you. And the third time, you know, Samuel heard the voice, Samuel, Samuel, as, you know, many of us, we, at that third time, we will not even say, yeah, I'm again, say this old man, I mean, if he's playing tricks, that's his business. I will just ignore the call. Not Samuel. Heart is very important. Heart is very important. The third time, Samuel still came. Oh, here I am. Here I am. I'm, I'm, I'm available, sir. At that point, Eli said, ah, did you do NCR? Someone said, well, I just registered for NCR. Ah, you need to do NCR. God one one hearing from God. You need to. So he gave him a crash course. A, a, crash, a crash course. He says, the next time he calls you, say to him, speak, Lord, for your servant. Yes. Speak. 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 For your servant. Yes. So it's easy sometimes to confuse what God is saying with what other voices in our lives are saying. Sometimes it's easy to confuse it. Sometimes the message that God is bringing to your life, you've also actually heard it from another voice in your life. So it sounds like the voice in your life. Sometimes you, the, God is bringing a message into your life, it sounded like your husband speaking to you. Sometimes it's sounding like your wife speaking to you. Sometimes it's sounding like your children speaking to you. Sometimes it's sounding like your, 
parents speaking to you. Sometimes it's sounding like your colleagues speaking to you. Sometimes it's sounding like your pastor speaking to you. And we say, well, who really is speaking here? Who really is speaking here? If it's my friend, ah, no, 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 no. If it's, if it's, just, ah, if it's my spouse, I don't have time for, for that. If it's my, oh, my children, no, 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 no. I can't my children talk to me. <laughs> no, 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 no. And you see, the, the, the challenge is this. We actually put our disobedience on someone else and say it's because he said it. It's because he's the one. It's, it can't be God. But in your heart of hearts, you know that that is the voice you are hearing, but the word you are hearing is the word of God. You can hear the voice of Eli. But you are hearing the word of God. You can hear the voice of Eli, but you are getting the message from God. The important thing is the message. What is the chaff from the wheat? What is the voice from the message? It is the message that is important. So many times, God will use the voices in your life to bring his message into your life. So you see, when your posture is, here I am, here I am, I'm available, I'm available, until Samuel embraced the voice of Eli, it could not be released into the word of God. Until Samuel embraced the voice of Eli, it could not be released into the message that God has for him. So, the voice of Eli released Samuel into the message from God. Now, when Eli said, this is what you do, say you're the Lord, um, Lord speak Lord, your servant, hear it. Then God began to tell Samuel the message he has for Samuel himself. So, the deep things of God will be released to you personally. But the beckoning, the initial beckoning can be delivered by the voice of the people. Hallelujah. I pray you understand that in Jesus' name. So, Pastor, what are you saying? What I'm saying is this. No matter how strange the voice of the people in your life sounds, no matter how upsetting, no matter it is only an invitation for the deep things that God wants to tell you personally, but you must take that posture. You must first embrace the voice you can't kick against the pricks. You, you see, Balaam had to embrace. Even it was a donkey that was speaking to Balaam. Every prophet understands that at some point, donkeys can speak. So the issue is not with the donkey. You, you get the voice. You get the message. But you go back and you, it, it triggers and unlocks the deeper things that God wants to speak to you personally. If you don't, if you don't get this, you begin to shoot the messengers. <laughs> <laughs> and you miss the message. So, I hear the message I never thought I would hear when I say to God, here I am. So for Samuel, it is you need to have a higher standard than all these people around you. For us, for instance, it could be you have a spreadsheet yeah, <laughs> and it's all worked out, and all the columns are, and all the, are worked out, and God is saying, I need to add this column. And you're like, no, 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 I don't want to add the column. And God says, I need to change this formula. You know, I need to, to, to change the, the question. You're like, no, 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 I want my spreadsheet the way it is. Well, I've got news for you. If you are saying yes to God, if you are saying I'm available, God will mess up your spreadsheet. Take it to the bank. God's destiny for you is bigger than the spreadsheet you've put together. 
Trust me. Trust me. There's no doubt about it. God's destiny for you is bigger than your spreadsheet. It's bigger. And here's the deal. Here's the deal. If you are not willing for your plans to get messed up, you are going to miss the greatest things that God has for you. If you are not willing for your plans to get... I, I'm all for planning. I'm big on planning. But guess what? I'm open to God. I'm completely open to God. If he messes it up, I rebuild it. Sometimes the porter needs to break down the, the, the pot so that I can rebuild it and make a more honorable pot out of it. So when you show up and you say, here I am, you will hear a message that you never thought you would hear. The message that God has something to do in your life that is greater than your plans. The message that your plans are nothing compared to God's plans for you. So, pastor, when I show up and say, here I am, I'm available, what will happen? Number five, I make the sacrifice I never thought I could make. And this is Abraham we're going to look at in Genesis 22, 1 to 2. Since sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son. Your only son, Isaac, whom you love, <laughs> and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. Abraham, go and sacrifice your son. And Abraham took the boy, and you know the story, and God stopped him. So God was just looking for the willingness in his heart. Many times, God is looking for the willingness in our hearts. And yes, God tests us. He does. God tests us. You see, you, you need to understand that relationship with God, sometimes God will test, and I, I, I'm going to explain. God tests us, he does. He says he tested Abraham. Now, why does God test us? Why? And that is why we don't we mix things up because of our upbringing. You know, sometimes a lot of the things that we we've been brought up with is just transactional. You know, if if you do this, then your daddy will love you. If you do, if you don't do this, then your daddy does not love you. You know, I didn't grow up like that. You know, my dad just loved me. You know, <laughs> you know, I I didn't have to do anything. Even when I didn't do well in school, he still loved me. You know, and so I mean. So why does God test us? Why did God test Abraham now? Listen to this. God tests us not because he doesn't know what's in our heart because he's God. He already knows what's in our heart. God tests us because he wants us to know what is in our hearts. Hmm. So it's different from when your daddy tests you or your mommy tests you or your, your, your cousin tests you. No, 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 no. God already knows what's in our heart. God already knows what is in our heart. But God tests us to reveal what's in our hearts to ourselves and many times to the people around us. So, God doesn't test us to grade us. God tests us to grow us. That is big. God doesn't test us to grade us. We, he already knows our grade. He knows our frailties. He knows our limitations. He knows, but it tests us to grow us. So when he reveals it to us, we can say, oh, wow. Like, as I said, oh, what a, woe is me. I'm undone. Because if he doesn't reveal yourself to you, you think you are all that, you are cool. But when he reveals yourself to you, you're like, oh, wow. I need help. Then we can grow. Then we can grow. So Abraham faced it. Anyone who will be great will be tested by God. And anyone who will be great 
to face this paradox of the cross. And the paradox of the cross is this. In Matthew 10, 39, it says, whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. What a paradox. The cross always comes before the resurrection. The sacrifice always comes before the blessing. Always. So we see this over and over and over in the Bible. In Jacob, he had to sacrifice being a trickster. Joseph had to sacrifice his dreams. Moses had to sacrifice the palace. David had to let go of the temple he wanted to build. How painful that would have been for David. Matthew had to sacrifice tax collecting. Peter had to let go of the fish that he carried carried from from the sea. Mary had to let go of his son. Jesus for us. So why does God walk this way, Pastor? Why? And this is it. Because in the moment of sacrifice, something changes. In the moment of sacrifice, what was under my control now comes under God's control. Boom! Boom! What was under my control? At the point of sacrifice, what was under my control, that comes under God's control. Boom. So it's now no longer I, but Christ. Hallelujah. That is the beauty of it. So when I say to God, here I am, number five, I make the sacrifice. I never thought I could make. And number six, I go to the place I never thought I would go. We see that in Isaiah. Isaiah was saying, what is this? What is that? What is this? What is that? When it goes to verse, uh, chapter six, you know, you know, it says, what is me? You know, like we said earlier on, you know, God will test us to expose ourselves to ourselves. So you see how undone you really are. Then you can ask for help and you can grow. Isaiah 6, 8, it says, Then I heard the Lord's voice saying, Whom can I send? Who will go for us? So I said, Here I am. And this is the most popular here I am actually. Send me. Here I am. Send me. Here I am. Send me. Isaiah heard God's voice. says, Here I am. Send me. I mean, the story of my conversion is, is from this story, from this story, you know, uh, sometime in August 1995, I was at a program in Unilag at the time, University of Lagos in Nigeria at the time. A man of God was ministering. And at the end, he made an altar call. I didn't, I, I mean, <laughs> I, I didn't respond. I was still brooding on the word. The word was so powerful. So even right now, I can see all the people that came out, they were taking them to the back to take their details. And he left, he closed the service by singing, here I am, send me, here I am, send me. As the Lord needs somebody, here I am, send me. And he walked off the stage. And the and service closed and people left and I couldn't get up from where I sat and I was weeping. And I was saying to God, here I am. Send me. I was the only one there. Close to midnight, if not midnight. Here I am. Send me. The Lord needs somebody. Here I am. Send me. I was there crying. Saying to God. That was the that was the turnaround of my life. That was the day of my conversion. I didn't make an altar call. But I made an heavenly call. I responded to an heavenly call. And if you want to sing it in uh, my grandmother's dialect, Mowani be Rami, Mbeni be Rami, means here I am, said me. As the Lord needs somebody, here I am, said me. My life has never remained the same. God has sent me to places I never thought I would go. 
God sent Isaiah to places he never thought he would go after that. If you read that story. When God says, who will I send? He's not saying it so that you can suggest. Yeah, imagine, Isaiah was there. And God says, who shall we send? Who will go for us? There were angels there. Now. There were cherubims, seraphims, you know, everywhere was awesome. You have just seen yourself wretched. <laughs> it's easy. Who sent Isaiah to volunteer? Why should he volunteer? Who sent him to volunteer? You know, think about it. God just open statement. Who shall I send? Who will go for us? So when God says, who will I send? He's actually talking to you. If you hear who will I send, as you are hearing today, is you, is you, is you, is you, is you. He's talking to you. <laughs> who will I send? Like, like that day, and I sat down in the, in the Unilag, um, auditorium, I mean, um, um, chapel, you know, and, it's, and, and who shall we send? Who will go for us? I heard it clearly. It, and it's like, it's, I mean, I had no doubt that it was me. And God is saying to you, who shall we send? It's just like, it's just like, um, um, your mom enters the, well, your dad comes back and says, uh, maybe you're a loser. And he puts us on, or maybe sometimes you're the only one believing him and says that someone should take this to the room for me. <laughs> and you look around and you're the only one. But you said someone should take it to the room for you. What do you do? Say, okay, dad, let me help you find somebody that will, you will receive, you know, um, reset. You know? <laughs> so sometimes, you know, interestingly, we get into an evaluation mode. We get into an evaluation mode. Oh, that's a good question. Hmm, we shall go for us. Very deep, very deep evaluation mode. We don't respond. We are saying it's deep. Why are you responding? Sometimes we get into a study mode. Who will go for us? He said, God, let's, let's unpack that. That is a very interesting statement. It has several layers. Let's unpack it. Let's, you know. <laughs> you know, we hear, who will go for us? We get into the consultant mode, you know. And we say, God, let's do a decision matrix. You know, and do a cost-benefit analysis. Let's see. If you send the lower-ranking angels, you know, the, 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 the cost to you will be this if you send the higher-ranking angels, you know, but you never see yourself as being sent. God is saying it's you. And you see, many times, we want to go to the... You, okay, you're like, okay, God... I want to go, but I want to go to, you know, send me to Afghanistan, send me to Tokyo, send me to Uzbekistan, send me to, you know, to the UK, as everyone would say, send me to America, send me to. But many times, like in the case of Isaiah, God started Isaiah from Israel. God said to him, go to the king of uh, Syria, go to the king of Israel. You see, interestingly, God we are like, oh God, I'm ready. Here I am, send me. Send me to the nations. Oh, I want to go to Costa Rica. I want to go to Dallas. I want to go to America. God is saying, you're all about your neighbor, your next door neighbor. I'm sending you to your next door neighbor. Invite them for God to do it again. <laughs> Reach out to them. Tell them about Jesus. What about that? Two. What happens when you stand and you say, God, here I am. I'm available. Number seven, you serve the person you never thought you could serve. And that's the story of Ananias here. Paul had been causing trouble for Christians. And here is God knocking him down. And in verse 10 of Acts 9, Acts 9 from verse 10, to 11, it says, there was a follower of Jesus in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord spoke to Ananias in a vision. Ananias! Ananias answered, here I am. Here I am. I'm available. Then the Lord said to him, get up. Go straight. Go to the straight street. Find the house of Judas and ask for a man named Saul from the city of Satan. Imagine Ananias' fear. I'm here, here I am, but I'm afraid this soul can kill me. In fact, he had permission to kill us. 
I'd rather not have anything to do with him. But you see, sometimes when we say, here I am to God, God sends us to serve the people that we never thought we could serve. <laughs> we serve the people we never thought we could serve. So are there people that you and I need to serve? Are there people that you and I need to serve with forgiveness? There are people that you'd rather not forgive. You'd rather, you'd rather not have anything to do with their forgiveness. Some people. But God is saying to you, serve them with forgiveness. There are some people that you'd rather not want to pray for or love. God says, serve them and love them. And there's another side to this. There are some people that you never thought in your wildest dreams as far as class in world classification system is concerned, you would be able to reach out to. God is saying, you will speak to kings. You're like me? Speak to kings? Yes. If you say, here I am, I'm available to God, God is going to set you before presidents. You know, years ago, we went to Burundi to start a church, and all of a sudden, I was preaching in, in, to the president and to the ministers. They were all sitting down, taking notes, and I was, what, what was I talking about? What about Jesus, <laughs> the resurrection, and the life? I, I would never have thought I would speak to presidents or world leaders. No. Who would have thought that I would be speaking and people would be translating what I'm saying to other languages. Recently, you guys know I went to Costa Rica and I was speaking and you know, they were translating to Spanish. I don't really speak Spanish. I don't actually speak Spanish. I hear a few words, but I don't speak Spanish. Now, our content is being translated to the Spanish language. That can only be God. That can only be God. So what happens when I say here I am to God? Number eight, I find the joy I never thought I would find. Oof, I find the joy I never thought I would find. This is the last one. And this last one is different from the others. All the others, it was us saying to God, here I am. In this last one, it is Jesus saying to us, here I am. Here I am. I'm available. I am willing. Revelations 3.20. Revelations, Revelations 3.20 says, this is Jesus. says, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and you open the door, I will come and in and eat with you and you will eat with me. This is the greatest here. Here I am. The greatest one in the Bible. Right there. Friendship with Jesus. He says, I will come in. I will sit with you. What joy, what joy, what joy can even come close? I will sup with you. I will talk with you. We will just, we will eat. Ah, ah. So if you are not sure that you've opened this door to Jesus, Jesus is saying, here I am. You can do it today. You can give your life to him. You can open that door and you can experience that joy. So these are the eight simple ways that the words here I am is available. I'm available. We change your life completely. When you say to God here I am, you face the fear you never thought you could face. Number two, you trust the promise you never thought you would trust. Number three, you see the miracles you never thought you would see. Number four, you hear the message you never thought you would hear. Number five, you make the sacrifice you never thought you could make. Number six, you go to the place you never thought you would go. Number seven, you serve the person you never thought you could serve. And number eight, you find the joy you never thought you would 
find. You are saying, Pastor, I need to find that joy. I need to open my heart. Jesus is saying, here I am. I'm standing at the door. I'm knocking. Wherever you are, if you are saying, I want to find this joy. I need to embrace Jesus. I need to open the door of my heart. I'm not sure when I did. I'm not sure if I've ever done that. Online, in your car, in your homes, at church, wherever you are, put up your hands now over your head. If you are responding to the call, Jesus says, here I am. With our heads bowed, please. Just with a show of hands, don't be shy. Jesus is here. The Lord is here. If you are online, yes, you can raise your hand. The instructions are also on the screen. If you are giving your life to Jesus at this point, if you are available, if you want Jesus to come into your life, just with a show of hands, and we'll put a book, I mean, a card in your hands, even as we pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for everyone that is surrendering to you at this point. Lord, we ask that you breathe upon them and their lives from today will never be the same because you have come into their lives, Lord. We ask that you will use them in a way only you can, that they will not miss the plans that you have for them. Honor and glory we give unto you, Father. In Jesus' precious name we have prayed. Amen. Praise the Lord.